0: Dear King Loving Father, we thank you for your pure life that you allow us to come again to study your word. I pray, dear Lord, that as we study John chapter seven, we will be able to understand the things that we are studying. Pray for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So those who will be listening to the tape or listening to the study, those who will be participating, I pray, dear Lord, that you will open our eyes that we can see great things in your word. I pray that we'll be able to share it with others so they too can understand and learn your word that we can just keep telling it from one person to the next until you can come again in your mighty kingdom. All of us can have a part in that new earth you plan to recreate. Forgive us, we pray, for all our sins. Bless and strengthen us. And save us in the kingdom when you come. ask His mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, uh, this story is on John chapter 7. And I entitled it, At The Feast of Tabernacle. John chapter 7, 1 to 2. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jewish Feast of Tabernacle was at hand. So Jesus left Jerusalem, Jerusalem is down here, and he went up to Galilee, which is north of Jerusalem. That's where he spent most of his, his time. He would not preach in Judea, right here that contains Jerusalem because, as you can see, the people wanted to kill him, so he went somewhere else. That's a lesson for us. If we are working in one area, and the people will not listen, this world is big enough for us to go to another area and continue our work. And notice, the Jewish Feast of Tabernacle. The Feast of Tabernacle was on the 7th month the 15th day of the 7th month. It's the last feast in the Bible. It's not a Jewish feast. It's a Biblical feast. And all these feasts have something to do with Jesus' birth, ministry, death, resurrection, and His work in the heavenly temple. This feast is a tabernacle. It has two names. Tabernacle because god was going to come and tabernacle with us dwell with us remember the day started evening and it goes to the next evening so this feast would start on the the evening of the 14th day remember the bible said his name shall be called emmanuel because he shall dwell our tabernacle with us so jesus was born the evening on the 14th day right at the sunset the feast of tabernacle which would have been the 15th day would have started so jesus was born right at the feast of tabernacle so now this now he's going up to jerusalem at the feast of tabernacle during the time of his ministry and we're going to see exactly what time this was this incident took place a little over six months just about six months before Jesus was crucified. Remember, the 15th day of the seventh month in AD 27 was when Jesus was baptized. The first Passover, according to the book of John, was in John chapter 2, verse 18. So, he was baptized. Six months later in AD 28, he went up to the first Passover that he celebrated after his ministry started. The next Passover, the second Passover is in John chapter 5 verse 1. The third Passover is in John chapter 6 and verse 4. The last Passover, because remember, he celebrated four Passovers, so the last Passover, is in AD 31. This Feast of Tabernacle then is six months before he died. So we are in AD 30 at this point, at this Feast of Tabernacle, which is in John chapter 7. I hope you can understand and follow. John chapter 7 verse 3, Jesus' brothers did not believe in Him even up until this time almost three years into His ministry they still did not believe again this is a lesson for us many people or most people will not believe after we speak, preach, have Bible study with them for many years, many weeks, many months they might not believe but remember it is God's duty to do the conversion. It's our duty to do the preaching and the teaching. Verse 3, His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence, and go into Judea Remember he was in Galilee, because the people in Judea wanted to kill him. The Judeans wanted to kill him. That that thy disciples also may see thy works that thou dost. For there is no man that doth anything in secret. And he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, shew thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe on him. That must have been painful to Jesus. His own family did not believe. Matthew chapter 13 verse 55. Jesus' family. Is not this the carpenter's son? That's what they said. Is not his mother called Mary, so the people knew who his father and his mother who they were. And his brethren there were James, Jose, Simeon, and Judas. Not Judas is carrying. The name Judas in Greek is the same name Judah in Hebrew. If you remember, with the with Joseph, it was Judah who suggested that they should sell him and here we have in the New Testament in the Greek it is Judah who sold Jesus Judah is the Hebrew Judas is the Greek so Judas should have known and be careful therefore in Genesis Joseph then is a type of Christ he was sold by his own brethren. In fact, the same name. This is Paul speaking now in Galatians chapter 1, verse 19. Others, and Paul is, this is just after Paul's conversion when he went up to Jerusalem. Other of the apostles saw I none save James. This is the James here. James, the Lord's brother. And this James, who is Eventually was converted. He wrote the book of James. Then in Jude chapter 1, here's Jude speaking. This Jude is this one that's called Judas here, the same person. Jude, the servant of Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. So both James and Jude, two of Jesus's brother brothers, wrote two books in the New Testament. So eventually they accepted the fact that Jesus, the Emmanuel, was the Messiah. Again, this is a lesson to us. Don't give up. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your co-workers. They will be converted. Some will be converted. If this were a probably after we die. But don't give up. Jesus' family didn't believe in him while he was preaching. They believed after his death. Continuing John chapter 7, verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, My time, everything that Jesus did, was right on time according to how his father in heaven led him he depended hourly minutely daily on his father you and i can do the same thing as we pray you know paul said i die daily we should crucify the flesh daily we should have our morning and evening worship daily so that we can walk in the same footsteps that Jesus walked in. My time is not yet come. But your time is always ready. The people in the world, it's always time for them to do some type of evil. But our time is according to God's plan. Remember, Moses had to run away from Egypt, went to the wilderness. At 80 years old, God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Remember, Joseph, he was placing He was sold as a slave. He did God's will. Doing God's will, Potiphar's wife accused him. He was placed in prison. Many of us would get discouraged. I would have probably gotten discouraged. But Joseph did not give up. And at the right time, in one day, he went from a prisoner in a dungeon to become the prime minister of the greatest country on earth at that time. Remember David. The morning was just like any other morning. He got up, went out to take care of his father's sheep. Samuel came to anoint a new king. Before that day was out, David was anointed king. We need to be ready at any time because our circumstances can change in just A short minute. So we need to be ready. We're waiting for God to lead lead us. Continue reading in verse 7. The world cannot hate you. But me, it hated. The world does not hate its own. But the world is at enmity with God. So again, we should not get discouraged if the people in the world are against us. Remember what Jesus said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. So again, the world cannot hate those who are in league with the world. But when we are in league with Jesus, it will hate us. Because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. And then Jesus said, you go to the feast. I go not up yet unto this feast for my Time is not yet fully come. Mark chapter 14 verse 11. Notice when Jesus was uh, speaking in the garden of the The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed under the hand of sinners. So when his time came, the incidents took place. God is leading. And that's why Jesus is not going to get discouraged. Because his Father is going to lead him the way he sees best. Even to the cross. Notice again in John chapter 12 verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. The hour he was in Jerusalem here speaking. But notice what he said. But for this cause am I come unto this hour. That's when you and I should look at our life. If we're being led by the Spirit of God, please, we shouldn't get discouraged. Verse 9. When he has said these words, unto them, he abodes still in Galilee, so here's Galilee, here's Jerusalem, from Galilee to Jerusalem is about 70 miles, and at the beginning of the feast, he was still in Galilee, it take him, you know, two days, or two and a half days, three days, to walk this 70 miles from Galilee up to Jerusalem, but notice it in verse 10, but when his burden were gone up, then when he also up under the feast not openly so he did not want to go up with a crowd so that he would draw attention to himself he went up in secret he just as it were just showed up at the feast then the jews sought him at the feast and said where is he so notice they were looking for him so if he had come up with a crowd everybody would have known but he went up in secret there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said he is a good man; some said, No, nay, but he deceived the people. Can you believe that? Some of the people thought Jesus was a false prophet. That meant they were in searching the scriptures, comparing line with line. They were just going by tradition. Verse 13, How be it no man spake openly of him for fear of the Judeans? You know, the word Jews is not a word that's really in the Bible. That word that's translated here, Jews, in English, is the word for Judeans. Let me explain this. Jacob had 12 sons. So the sons of Benjamin, they were called Benjamites. The sons of Reuben were called Reubenites. The sons of Simeon were called Simeonites. The sons of Judah were Jews. The sons of Judah were called just like the other Ag- 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 uh, family, Simeonites, Reubenites is the same way with the Judites. So the word that's translated Jews. Mean Judites. You can look it up in your Strong's Concordance. So these were the Judeans who wanted to destroy Jesus. Verse 14. Now about the middle of the feast, remember the feast started on the 15th day. Now in the Bible, if you're in a day, you count that as one. So the middle of the feast then would have been the the 17th day of the 7th month in AD 30. That's when Jesus went up to the feast. And we're going to see when we get to chapter 8, we're going to see the exact day that some of these incidents took place because we know when the middle of the feast was and there's a statement in chapter 8 that's going to let us know when the Sabbath was and from knowing when the Sabbath was, we then can tell when in the middle of the feast that Jesus went up. So next week, we will see the exact day that they brought the woman to Jesus. That woman that was caught in adultery. In fact, I can tell you now. They brought her to Jesus on the Sabbath. They came ready to stone a person on the Sabbath. Then the Bible told us in chapter 9 about the man that was born blind. That healing of that man took place also on the Sabbath. And we'll see that next week. Verse 15. The Jews marveled saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? It wasn't that Jesus was uneducated. It's just that he did not go to the schools that were run by the scribes and the Pharisees in the days when he was born. His mother taught him. Verse 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, speaking of the Father, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true no unrighteousness is in him now notice this jesus is standing in the church and he is saying that he is not a sinner if if those people had believed that jesus was a sinner one of them would have spoken up at that time but jesus is saying that in him right there in the crowd with all the Thousands upon thousands of people who came up to the Feast of Tabernacle. Remember, this was one of the feasts, one of the three feasts where all the males in Israel were supposed to go up to to Jerusalem. He was standing there in the temple with all those people. And he said, there's no unrighteousness in me. And no one contradicted him. So there are several times Jesus claimed to be sinless. He's the only person that can do that. I could never go to church and stand up and speak and say, in me, there's no unrighteousness. I've never sinned. I could never do that. My family would raise raise their hand right away. Now, if Jesus take away my sin, then I can say, through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are washed away. We can claim that, but we can never claim that we were sinless and we have never sinned, Jesus could say that, verse 19, did not Moses give you the law, Moses did not come up with the law from his own thinking, Moses gave the law in in the sense that God called him up into the mountain, Exodus chapter 19, God wrote the Ten Commandments on two tables of stone and then gave them to Moses did not Moses give you the law so they should have known the law and yet none of you keepeth the law notice none of them keep, was keeping the, keeping the law why? because they were going about to kill Jesus the very scribes the very high priest who represented the Messiah the coming anointed one he should have known when the anointed one Cain, that very person who was in the office of the High Priest sacrificing the Lamb that represented Jesus, wanted to kill Jesus. Again, in our family, if we have problem in our family, we should not get discouraged. They did the same to Jesus. In John chapter 1, He came unto His own, His own never received Him, not even His brothers. The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil, who goes about to kill thee? Now remember, everybody in Jerusalem knew that they wanted to kill him. And yet, they are trying to hide behind a mask. John chapter 7 verse 22. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision. Not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. Remember, the first human being to be circumcised was Abraham, and then Abraham circumcised Isaac, and then circumcised all the males that were in his camp encampment. Now, as you study again with your Bible in your hand, notice that most people say only the Jews were circumcised, but remember there were over three hundred servants. In Abraham's camp, they weren't Israelites, they weren't Jews, but because they were a part of the covenant that God was making with Abraham, all the males in the camp were circumcised. There is one law that's given to everyone. There is one God who is over everyone. God is not a God of the Judeans only, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. God is not a God of Israel only. God is a God of all the whole world, every nation. So, circumcision was not just for Israelites. Circumcision in the Old Testament was for anyone who became a part of Israel even the strangers now notice what jesus is saying you see remember a baby was supposed to be circumcised the eighth day after his birth if the eighth day fell on a the Sabbath, they would take that baby to the temple they would circumcise that baby just as how jesus jesus was circumcised when he was eight years old and at that time the child would receive the name. You did not name a child before the child was born. You know, like the way we do it today. Even if God gave the name. If God gave the name, the name was still not confirmed upon the child. Until the child was circumcised. And Jesus is saying, if a man, verse 23, man child, a male child, on the Sabbath day receives circumcision. That the law of Moses should not be broken. Are you angry at me because I made a man ever withhold on the Sabbath? If you can circumcise somebody on Sabbath, then shouldn't you be able to heal the same person on the Sabbath? Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Now Jesus was referring to Matthew chapter 12. They wanted to kill him because of an incident that took place in Matthew chapter 12 a few months before the Feast of Tabernacles. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? You know, many questions that the scribes, the Pharisees, the people asked Jesus. They didn't ask because they wanted to learn. They asked because they wanted to kill him. He said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will not lay hold on it and lift it out? People in the days of Jesus would pay more attention to animals than to a human being. The reason why they would pay attention to an animal more than a human being you see the animal would cause them financial loss but if a human being was in need on the sabbath they would leave the human being in the same condition that they were in remember in the book of deuteronomy moses has said if you see an ox fall down under its load you should lift up that ox you should help the ox they would do something to relieve the suffering of an animal on the sabbath But they would not do anything to relieve the suffering of a human being on the Sabbath. And that's why Jesus performed seven Sabbath miracles. Not to do away with the Sabbath, but to show that we should have mercy to human beings who were created in God's image. Even if it's the Sabbath. Then said he to the man, stretch forth that hand. And he stretched it forth. And it was restored whole like as the other and notice jesus healed on the sabbath day with what the scribes wanted to do on the sabbath day then the pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might kill him so on the sabbath day they went and had a council to kill jesus but on the sabbath jesus would perform miracles to relieve the suffering so who was the sinner the sinner then had to be those who were going out to plot his death and they would plot the death even on the Sabbath verse 25 then said some of the some of them of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. remember we said they knew that they wanted to kill him is not this he whom they seek to kill But lo, he speak boldly. Jesus was not afraid because he knew that nothing could happen to him until his work was finished. Brothers and sisters, as you study your Bible each day, you can rest assured that nothing can happen to you until your work on this earth is completed. But he speak boldly and they say nothing unto him. Do not do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Messiah, the word Christ bearer, the Messiah, the Anointed One? Howbeit, we know this man, whence he is. But when Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. They thought that the Messiah was just going to suddenly appear. You see, the people who would study the Bible, all they had at that time was the Old Testament writing. And they found out that the Savior would suddenly come. But the sudden coming is not the first coming. The sudden coming is his second coming when He's coming for those who believe in Him. The first coming was when He was going to come as a babe. That was not in secret, that was not sudden. That was not like a thief coming in the night. All should have known when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But they didn't know. So they confused his second coming with his first coming and said that when he comes, he's going to come suddenly. That's the second coming. They were confused. Verse 20 Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me. And you know whence I am, I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom you know not, that's sad, he's speaking to Israel, who should have known, to them were given all the laws of God, and Jesus is standing there right in their midst and saying, they don't know the Bible, you know, many of these people could recite the entire five books of Moses without making a mistake. And yet Jesus is saying to them, you don't know the Bible. So knowing the Bible is not being able to repeat it from memory. Knowing the Bible is understanding and understanding God's will and understanding God's work and understanding God's plan. That's knowing the Bible. It's not being able to repeat the Bible. Continue, in verse 29. But I know him, for I am from him, and he and sent me. Then said Jesus unto them, yet a little while am I with you, just six more months, and his work on this earth would be over. And then I go to him that sent me, he is going to return to heaven. You shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am thither you cannot come. You shall seek me. You shall not find me. That's sad. Because after Jesus' death, some of these very people, their probation would have been closed. And they would never be saved again. Some of those people, he's standing right there speaking to them. They could not come where he was because they would be lost. John 17 verse 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. This is Jesus' prayer. What we usually call the Lord's prayer is a prayer for the disciples. This is Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, that they may behold my glory. Can you believe that God prayed for you and for me that we would be with him so that we can see his glory? Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, prayed for us that we would be with Him. Jesus' prayers are always answered. You and I can be saved so that we can see Jesus' glory. Father, I pray that they also, whom Thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which Thou hast given me. For those Lovest me before the foundation of the world. John chapter 7. You know, when Jesus said that they would seek him and they would not find him, many of them did not understand, just like how others did not understand his speech. John chapter 7, verse 35. Then said the Jews among themselves, Where will he go? Where will he go? that we shall not find him. Will he go unto the dispersed, among the Gentiles? The word Gentiles, they mean Greeks. Will he go among the Greeks and teach the Greeks that we can find him? Is he going to run away and go among the Greeks? They didn't even understand that he was saying that he was going to return to heaven. He says, you will look for me, but you will not find me. He also says, you cannot come where I am. What does this mean? It means that he was going back to his father. John chapter 6 verse 52. The Jews therefore strove among themselves saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Over and over we find that Jesus would say something and they would not understand. Notice in John chapter 3 verse 4, Nicodemus did not understand what Jesus said when he said you have to be born again. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Over and over, Jesus would say something plain for the people to understand, and they still did not understand. He said to the woman, I will give you water that you will never thirst again. And notice what the woman said. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. They were always looking for something physical. And Jesus many times was speaking about something spiritual, something with a spiritual meaning. I pray that as we study, we not just always look to the physical bread, we look to the spiritual bread. I pray that God will help us to understand, not to just keep looking for physical things. We need to understand Jesus' word. Back to verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, the last day would have been the 21st day now of the seventh month in A.D. 30 and we wouldn't see the exact day that this was. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow living waters. Remember the tree of life? That's right by the river of life. We don't even have to go to heaven to drink of the water of the river of life. We can have the Holy Spirit like a river of life right in our stomach today. It's the same thing that Jesus wanted to give to the woman when he was by Jacob's well. In John chapter 4 but this he speak of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified the Holy Spirit was have always been in the world but people didn't feel the need of the Holy Spirit until after Jesus left and went back to heaven and that's why Jesus said to to the disciples I'm not going to leave you Comfortless, I'm going to send another Comforter, one who is comparable to himself, comparable to Jesus. And he would dwell in them like a river of water, always bringing out something fresh, always bringing out something new, the Word of God, every day. In the last day, the great of, day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried, I can provide you, verse 38, living water. This is speaking about the Holy Spirit. Now notice in Revelation chapter 22, verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there a tree of life, which bear twelve manna fruit, and yielded fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So we can get the river of life, and we can get the fruit from the tree of life, symbolically, as we partake of Jesus' flesh and drink His blood, symbolically. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said, of a truth, this is the prophet. Remember, when they had sent to John in, in John chapter 1, when they had sent to John the Baptist and asked, are you that prophet? Now, the people are saying, this must be that promised prophet that Moses had talked about that should come in the world. But notice again, others said, this is the anointed one. This is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. But some said, shall the Messiah come out of Galilee? Had not the scripture said, that Christ cometh out of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem, where David was? So there was a division among the people. Because of him. And some of them would have taken him. Not anybody wanted to kill him, but no man laid hands on him. Because some were for him, some were against him, some wanted to believe in him, some didn't believe in him, some said he was from Nazareth, some said he was from Galilee, and they didn't even realize that he was born right in Bethlehem, as the scripture had said. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 but thou Bethlehem Ephrata, that's like saying but thou San Francisco in California it's like saying though Oakland in California God through Micah gave the very village where Jesus would born but thou Bethlehem Ephrathah though thou be little among the thousands of Judah yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. Back to John 7, verse 45. Then came the officers of the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? You see, the, the priests, the chief priests, the high priests, and the Pharisees had sent the temple police to go and arrest Jesus. But notice what the officer said. The officer answered, Never man speak like this man. They had never heard things being said the way Jesus is speaking it. And notice what they said. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? They looked at anyone who believed on Jesus as being deceived. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believe on him? Because they didn't believe, then they are saying. That the people didn't believe. Brothers, sisters, as you study your Bible, with your Bible in your hand, your Bible. Notice that many of our leaders today in our church today may not believe on Jesus. They might be going through just rituals. It might just be a rituals to them. Many of them don't really believe in the word of god so if you go with the word of god to your elders to the members on the board to the pastors and they look at it lightly don't be discouraged the high priest the one who represented jesus in the nation of israel he did not believe most of the scribes most of the pharisees they did not believe in jesus and notice what they said most of the people in our days remember the bible said it's just a remnant who would be saved so if most of the people today don't believe in the second coming don't get discouraged and give up jesus is going to come again but most of the people in the church will not believe it they won't It's a remnant Revelation chapter 13 is a remnant whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life that's going to be saved but you know something? you and I, we can be in that remnant we can be saved don't look at man. Don't put our confidence in men. Put our confidence in the Messiah. Reading verse 47 again. Then answered them, then the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees, have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believe on him? But this people who know not the law, are cursed. Remember Jesus said, they didn't know the law. Now, they are saying, whoever believes in Jesus, they don't know the law, and they are cursed. But no, by believing in Jesus, they were actually blessed. Nicodemus, remember Nicodemus? Three years before, he came to Jesus that night. Nicodemus now is speaking up. even in politics, God will have somebody there to put a stop to the rush of persecution, because Nicodemus spoke up, they did not take Jesus six months before the time of his death, they were meeting there at the end of the feast of the of tabernacle, the end of the feast of in gathering, It was the 21st day of the 7th month. They were meeting there and they were plotting to kill Jesus. But because Nicodemus spoke up, he put a stop. Nicodemus said unto them, he that came to Jesus by night. He came to Jesus by night because he didn't want anybody to see him. But Jesus still took the time to speak to them. To Nicodemus so here's Nicodemus the one who came to Jesus by night being one of them he was one of the Pharisees. remember Nicodemus a ruler of the Jew a Pharisee so there were few that believe on Jesus you know after Jesus had died was buried rose from the dead went back to heaven and Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 he said many of the rulers believed on Jesus so some of them really was converted but most of them didn't believe notice what Nicodemus asked you see Nicodemus knew the law he was a pharisee so he spoke up and this is what he said doth our law judge any man before it heareth him and knoweth what he doth you should not put a person to death until they are tried You need to have at least two witnesses. That's what Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy. That's what God said. What's the symbolism of the two witnesses? You see, in the judgment, the Father does not judge anyone. All judgment is going to be given to the Son. You and I, we are not going to be physically at the judgment. When we accept Jesus, we are not physically present at the judgment. That's going on now, started in 1844, at the end of the 2300 days prophecy in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 8. The judgment, the investigative judgment is going on now. The books are there. Jesus is the judge. Remember, he said the father giveth all judgment unto the son. Satan is there to accuse us. In order for us to be lost, you must have two witnesses so in that judgment the witnesses that are there are Jesus remember Jesus said you are my witness He's has been the witness for us also so the devil is there as the accuser of the brethren. Jesus is there if I accept Jesus there's only one witness against me if you accept Jesus there's only one witness against you that's the devil But Jesus is going to say, Father, my blood. So because there's only one witness, you're going to be saved. Because in order to convict any person of any crime, you must have two witnesses. It's not like in our court. On earth, in our court system, in most countries, if you have one eyewitness to any crime, that eyewitness can cause a person to be put to death are put in jail not so in the scripture in order for you for me or for anyone to be found guilty of a crime you must have two witnesses so in this investigative judgment that's going on now when a name come up and jesus said i know That person, they have accepted me. The devil said, "I know, I know the sins that have tempted that person to commit. There are many sins. Because Jesus is on our side, we are going to be saved. But if a name come up of a person who have not accepted Jesus, when the devil said, "I know that person. I know the sins that have tempted them to commit." then Jesus will not stand up and say, I know the person. Because that person has not accepted him. What is he going to say? Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. So now you have two weaknesses against that person. And then that person would be lost. And that's why the Bible, is, God gave that uh, symbolism. is a type of the great anti In order for a person to be convicted of a crime, there must be a judgment, there must be two witnesses. People cannot die and then instantly go to heaven. It makes no sense according to the system of the Bible. You must have a judgment to go over the record. How can all judgment be committed to the Son if at death people go into heaven? Why then would Jesus say, say in John chapter 14, I go to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come again. If people go to heaven at death, then why would Jesus be coming again? Makes no sense. If, Jesus go to, if people go to heaven at death, then why do we have the need for a resurrection? Makes no sense. And if there's not a resurrection, then Christ was not raised from the dead. And if Christ was not raised from the dead, then we are in our sins. So the idea that when a person dies, they go to heaven right away, makes no sense. Because somebody must die for sin. And if Jesus did not die for our sins, then we're still in our sins so the idea today that christians have so-called christians that at death a person goes instantly into heaven is something from the devil it was the first lie when that old serpent the devil and satan when he said you shall not surely die so notice that nicodemus is appealing to the law that moses gave does our law judge any man before it heareth him and know what he does? There must be a judgment of the righteous and of the wicked. They answered and said unto him, "Art thou also from Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophets. That's not unusual. God is the one who decides to pick who he wants to serve. And he can pick from anywhere. You know, God sometimes uses a donkey to preach. He uses a donkey to preach to Balaam. God can use a fish to preach. He uses a fish that swallowed Jonah. God can use a rooster to preach. He uses a rooster to speak to Peter. So God can use anyone from anywhere, from any walks of life. So we cannot say because the person is not of such and such a family or didn't graduate from a certain school, they can preach or teach. God can use anyone. But because Nicodemus spoke up, he caused a division. And what happened in verse 53? Every man went to his own house. So, Jesus' life was feared because Nicodemus spoke up. You know, God may not want us today to go and take part in politics, but God will place us where he wants us to go to either speed up his work or slow down the devil's plot. Remember, he put Joseph in Pharaoh's household. He put Daniel in Nebuchadnezzar's household. He put Ezra in the king of uh, the Persian, the and Persian household. So God will place us where He wants us to function. I don't have to seek out to become a politician, but if it's God's will, He will place one of us there. I don't have to seek out to become a president of a company. God will put us there if He wants us to be there. If we follow Jesus, just as of Jesus depended on His Father, God will place us in position to slow down the devil's plot and speed up God's plan. Next lesson, chapter 8, we're going to see in more detail, chapter 8 and chapter 9, what took place at the Feast of Tabernacle, I pray and I ask our Father in heaven, through Jesus, that as you study with your Bible in your hand, that God will open your eyes. Father, I thank you for your words. I thank you for the opportunity to study. I pray, Father, that as we study, we will take your word and share it with others so they too can be drawn close to you. Bless us to do your will. Bless us with all your blessings that we can shine as light to bring glory to your name. We promise, Father, we will not use your blessing just on ourselves, but we promise to use your blessing to spread your word so that others can be saved in your great kingdom. I spend eternity with you on the new earth. I ask these mercies in the Messiah's name, Emmanuel, God with us. Yahshua, in his name we pray. Amen.